Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions, and you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting "get happy" all one word to 66866. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say, hey, you can contact us at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. Oh my gosh, um, there's so much going on. And uh, first of all, Shout out to all of you guys for supporting and listening. Apparently, you like this little brown girl from Bed-Stuy. Last month, we had our biggest month. We hit over 15,000 downloads. And I just want to say thank you. I've never even thought that I would have over 15,000 downloads in a month. And last month was kind of iffy for me because, you know, I had... To take some time off, I took two weeks off of social media, which I needed. And, you know, sometimes there are things that I post live. There are some things that I schedule. I if if anybody DMs me or if you um, if you leave a comment, I'm the one who responds to all of it. And so if I'm not in session, if I'm not with a patient, if I'm not trying to catch up on some Z's or do some other stuff with the business, I am responding to, to all messages. And of course I got a message as I said that. Um, and so, you know, I thought by taking two weeks off of social media and then taking, uh, a week off of the show that my numbers would go down, but you guys, you really like me and so I appreciate the support um if you've been following me for the last 
I would say four or five years, I've been doing a toy drive for a shelter called Food Forest Inc. here in Brooklyn, New York, which is a domestic violence shelter. I don't really talk a lot about my personal business, but my father was physically abusive to, I guess, almost every woman he's ever dated, except for what I know of. And so, you know, working and achieving my undergrad, I mean, my graduate degree and working for Food First Inc. and seeing the children who are displaced and like have to just kind of sometimes leave with just their their clothing on their backs with their moms in financial situations and dire straits. I always either raise, uh, well, I won't say raise money because don't send me no money, y'all. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I usually just collect toys and buy them. So over the past few years, what we were doing, we're doing events for the toy drive. And my friends Roger and Mike Mogul used to help me um, with the toy events. And so, um, in my office, I've been collecting toys and some, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to ask your clients to give, bring toys or whatever, but my, my clients do their best. And over the last two years, I lost my partner. So I've been like buying stuff myself and I wasn't going to do it this year, but I have a hard time disappointing the kids. So I've created a registry on Target dot com let me see what I put it under and I guess if you want to buy a toy I picked the cheapest nicest toys that I could find stuff under five and ten dollars for the age groups that we have usually the kids in the shelter are from zero to like you know I buy them for in the age groups from like zero to 24 months from you know two to three I guess or, or zero to three I don't really know, you know, just not choking ha hazards because people have little, little brothers or sisters, but I just try to buy age appropriate gifts. And then the kids who are like 14 to 16, they're kind of hard to buy. Just like gummy gel, you know, what is that? Air, earbuds or ear pods or whatever. Those are the kind of, well, not AirPods. that's too expensive, but earbuds I try to buy for, for those guys. And so, um, I'm going to go in the pocket again. My friends convinced me that they're going to help me do it. But if you are listening and you want to contribute, please go on Target Registry. I created a registry and it's public. And it's going to be Black Therapist Podcast Registry. That's not what it what it is, but I'm going to try to change it. So that, or you can search it under my name, Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and it will mail directly to my office. Um, buy a toy, two toys, three toys, whatever. And, um, you know, God will bless you. Okay. So, uh, it's been a really hard few months for me. I've, I've, I've dealt with like a lot of deaths around me and a lot of things that have been happening around me that have not had anything to do with me, but I've just been kind of absorbing all of the emotional distress that everybody that I love has been going through and like, like TV shows stuff, you know, like you have people get, when I was growing up, people would die 
you know, old people, uh, people who are sick, gangsters. And it would kind of make sense to you, right? But just like senseless murders and stuff that just happened just because of happenstance, like stuff that... I don't know. I, I hate to to feel like it would never happen to somebody that I know, but like stuff that have been like straight out of like not stuff that I thought I would have to deal with in, in this stage of my life is happening around me. And so being able to, to create and save spaces for people who are grieving is really hard. Um, this week I lost a, a good friend of mine. I'm trying not to cry about it. Somebody I grew up with, loved him, the community loved him, everybody loved him. And from my understanding, he had a he, he crashed his car while he had a diabetic seizure. And like, you know, I've been asked to do shows about black men, but I really want more black men to, to come on, more more therapists who are black men to come on the show to talk about some of your issues. And one of the things I really would like to talk to with a black therapist is just like the trauma of being left behind for a lot of us. Um, I have a friend of mine who's a comedian, shout out to Rodney Perry. And, you know, a few years ago he had a stroke. I feel like I'm getting really emotional. I know I didn't do the what would you do, but I'll do it at the end of the show. Um, and when Rodney had his stroke and he and I spoke after that, we really talked about the anxiety that his, his wife and his kids had afterwards. Ooh. And he he didn't realize the angst that we have and as a black woman who loves a black man and who has a black son who I adore just just that anxiety that I have every time he leaves the house and there's just the trauma of being like the women and the kids that are left defenseless without black men in our community it's it's a trauma that is so hard to even think about and if there are any black men listening who can hear me or any women who love black men who hear me like if you have a black man around you son father brother uncle cousin whoever like could you just make a doctor's appointment for them this week um and I say this like as if I don't take um, my health for granted. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't, right? Like I've, I just had my physical this year and I make sure to make my son's physicals when I make mine and I make sure to make his dental appointments when I make mine. And I mean... My partner, I never really had to do those things for him because just the nature of like what he did for a living, he always kind of like stayed on top of that stuff. And I would hear, oh, I'm going to the doctor today or I had tests today or I had to do this or that today. So like I never even had to like think about it. But like 
it's so traumatic to be left without men in your in your life and as I'm saying it and I'm thinking about it like if you've ever heard this the the show that I did about my father dying uh two years ago you know I was kind of okay when he died and I'm I'm like I'm generally okay when I think about him not being here but it is also traumatic in a lot of ways for me to think about things that I would do that I would normally call my father and have him do and not have him around and so um I don't know I was kind of devastated this week when I found out that my friend died the way he died because I'm like did he not know he was diabetic did was he not on medication were there signs in his body that he just wasn't wasn't um you know paying attention to was he just not listening to what was happening with him did he know and just didn't take care of it you know and and it's not just him like women do that too like we don't take care of ourselves we try to take care of everything else I'll say myself like recently you know I think I've said this on the show before I've had a a respiratory infection probably for the past two months and I think after the last month, I, like recently, I've started to get serious about like fighting it. You know, last month there was an issue with my insurance. I paid it. They canceled me. I got new insurance. Like, I, you know, I made my appointments. I was able to keep my appointment. So it was that whole thing. But like, it was like life was getting in the way. And so for me to be able to, to be like, you know what? I took two weeks off. I, I had like crazy insomnia and for the therapists that are listening, I can't be the only one who, when I have insomnia, I'm like, am I manic right now? Is this, is this mania? <laughs> so, no, I'm not manic. Um, but yeah, I had, I had like crazy insomnia for like a few weeks. So then I had to like lean into the insomnia and be like, Yo, if I'm going to be up, I have to do something productive while I'm up. I'm not going to keep laying in bed. I'm just laying in bed for like an hour not being able to fall asleep and then I don't know something kicked in when I took a week off I took a whole week off and I just I got up I did everything that I needed to do this was the easiest Thanksgiving that I've ever had in my entire life like everything was was prepped it was clean it was orderly but I took the whole week off. So like, like, you know, I didn't burn anything. I always burn one thing. Either, either, either I burn something for Christmas or I burn something for Thanksgiving. But usually I burn something for Thanksgiving and then Christmas goes off without a hitch. So y'all pray for my Thanksgiving dinner, but I didn't burn anything. Um, I, I slept uninterrupted nights I got up in the morning like I'm I'm up in the daytime I have all of this good good energy I'm sleeping for eight hours now and it's just like who, who am I that that week that I took off was just kind of like what I needed to do to decompress and so I was like you know what I'm gonna take another week off of social media which really helped me so if you guys missed me on social media I'll be back but yeah, I didn't send out any emails for the mailing list. I didn't do Black Friday sales. I haven't shopped for anything. I haven't done anything. 
I just really tried to like take time to invest in myself. I went to the dentist. I went to the doctor. Um, you know, I just did the things that I needed to do. I also called my therapist to start going back because I really want to prepare for the new year. And so if you are listening, not only, you know, should you make a doctor's appointment for a male in your life that you love, but also make one for yourself if you haven't this year. Um, check in with your therapist, check in with your feelings, check in with the people that you love that you haven't heard from this week. Um, you know, losing my friend, it really made me kind of look at the friendships that I have in my life that I've I've kind of like thrown by the wayside and the people that I just kind of have, I love, but I just kind of haven't had a chance to reach out to. Like this dude was beloved. Everybody in the community loves him. He would do anything for anybody. And all I kept thinking was, damn, like what's going to happen now that he's gone? Like who's going to take care of his kids? And like, was this preventable? Like that's all I keep thinking is, was this shit preventable? Um, if he would have gone to the doctor sooner, if he would have taken care of his health sooner. And so just the trauma of being left behind is, is really, it's something that I talk about with my girlfriends. It's not even something that I talk about in therapy, but it is something that I think about a lot, maybe because my father passed away. Um, maybe because my partner was like going through something a while ago like you know health wise but like I said he's usually on his shit usually we're not gonna talk about that now so um I really wanted to talk about ego today and ego defenses what a segue huh (laughs) so one of my favorite things to learn in school was ego defense. We've all heard the term defense mechanisms, right? And usually we don't talk a lot of psychological ramblings on this show, but I really felt like this was a good topic to talk about, especially this time of year. We're all going home for the holidays. We're going to have to deal with people that we really don't really normally like to deal with. People who get on our ever-loving nerves is because they can And a lot of our responses to them really have a lot to do with the ego. Okay, so we're going to talk about Sigmund Freud for a moment. He's not my favorite scholar for a lot of reasons, but um, the only real psychological theory that I liked that that he talked about was the ego defenses because they really made sense, right? So we've all heard the term defense mechanism. I may be rambling a little bit, but y'all don't mind that. And so the ego is the aspect of personality that deals with reality. While doing this, the ego also has to cope with the conflicting demands of the id and our friend, the superego. Okay. So the id is the part of the personality that seeks to fulfill all wants, needs, and impulses. So our id is that uh, reptilian uh, it's like a kid. It's like the child inside of us, right? And the super ego, what the hell was that noise? Maybe I only heard it. Okay, that's fine. Don't mind me. I know I can, I can hear it. You guys can't. 
hear it. I think it's something in the house. But anyway, the super ego tries to get the ego to act in an idealistic and moral manner. So our super ego is our is like let's say the, the super ego is the angel on our shoulder and the id is the devil. Okay? The super ego is the part of the personality made up of all the internalized moral values we acquire from our parents family members, religious influence, society, um, macro and micro parts of our communities, right? And so it's all of these these external ideas of what we are, are supposed to be doing in society is the superego. So the superego is kind of like our emotional police, right? And it's that moral metric against which we look at stuff and be like, is this right or is this wrong? Now, I think... For, for me, I have a pretty big ego. Ow. All right. Y'all know that song. <laughs> I have a pretty big super ego, not a big ego. Right? So for me, I really hate to like lie. I don't like to cheat. I, I, I'm in a, it's so, it sucks because growing up in bed style, like I'm really good at it. I'm really good at like lying and telling stories and like scamming. I have to scam with the best of them. But I really, 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 really hate it. And I think that's because of my moral structure is kind of rigid. I'm a little bit of a prude when it comes to doing certain things. Although I will support you in your fuckery every day, all day. Okay. And in order to deal with anxiety, Sigmund Freud believed that the, the ego defense mechanisms help shield the ego from the conflicts created by the id, the super ego, and what's actually happening in reality. Okay. Uh, so if these these conflicts cause uh, anxiety, angst in us, right? So they, these these internal struggles that we have between what I really truly want, my need. I see that guy over there. He he fine as I don't know what, but he with my girlfriend. You know, do I go with girl code or do I just be like, yo, slip my number in his pocket when she go to the bathroom, right? I don't know. I'm not judging if you would slip your number, but I mean, that's really what it, what the difference is. So the id would be like, yo girl, you know, F her. That's just the baby mama. It's girlfriend. Can't claim that on your taxes. So that's not a real, <laughs> it's not a real status. Don't, don't judge me. Cause I, you know, I just didn't just pull that out of my hat. I've actually used that excuse before, not on myself, but you know what I mean? And so, you know, that's what the id would say. But the super ego would be like, girl, it's girl code. It's girl code. Okay. And so there are 10 key difference mechanisms. One is displacement. And displacement is really when you, when you have your frustrations and you take it out on something that has nothing to do with it. So let's say if you have a bad day at work, I, I do this myself. Displacement is one of my favorite defense mechanisms, I feel like. But I feel like at this point in my life, I like warn everybody, right? So if, you know, my monthly is coming, if I'm just not in a good mood, if my feelings are all over the place, and if I know like what the triggers are, I had a bad day at work, you know, somebody pissed me off. I let all of my family know, yo, today is not the day. And my favorite thing to say is, listen, you, you may catch a stray. 
Like if you don't you don't want this you don't you don't want this bullet, it's not intended for you, you better stand down today. Call me tomorrow. Hit me up tomorrow. So displacement is usually when you take your feelings or frustration or impulses on the people or objects that are less threatening or the the person that it is not intended for. Denial. Denial is not a river in Egypt. How we've all heard of that. Denial is just kind of, you know, not dealing with the facts of reality. So, um, let me see. I don't have a, like a new a, a example of denial. Your man cheating on you. You see him. It wasn't me. You remember that rap song or that song? Shout out to Shaggy. You know, Shaggy, he said, you caught us, um, what'd he say? You caught us having sex in the, oh, I don't remember the words, y'all. I don't even know why I used that. I knew I didn't know the words when I even said it. But anyway, if you catch your boyfriend doing something and you see him, but he says it's not you, like that's, he's gaslighting you. But if you decide to believe it, then you just be in denial. If you believe Trump, Trump said, don't believe what you hear, believe what I say, which is crazy. Cause how can I believe what you say if I heard you, but you don't want me to believe what I hear. Okay. Trump voters are in denial. And I don't feel like that needs any explanation. Uh, ooh, denial can involve a flat out rejection of the existence of a fact of reality. And I don't really feel like nothing else needs to be said. Repression and suppression. Now, when I was learning this in school, I had a hard time knowing the difference. Repression is when we have a thought a feeling or emotion that we cannot remember, right? It's so traumatic. It's so harmful for us that we just don't remember it anymore. We don't remember the facts. We don't remember the details. We don't re- remember the, the the circumstances. We just don't remember because it's so traumatic that our brain has protected us from that information. So they put it in a little lockbox, little Pandora's box, and we don't even remember it. However, at any given time, if something that reminds us of whatever that thing is comes up, then we would, we, we can access that memory. And it, it's usually at a, a time of trauma or it's at a time where it's not a convenient time to happen. Suppression. Suppression is when we have something that we know is so damaging that our, we, we have recollection of or we can recall in our subconscious and our conscious mind but we push it down right so repression is like if you're on the beach and you are using a metal detector and you find something that you didn't know was there suppression is you taking that metal object and burying it yourself. Okay. So that's the difference between those two. I know when it, you guys are like, why am I going through this? But it'll probably make sense at the end of this sublimation. Sublimation is a defense mechanism that allows us to act out unacceptable impulses by converting these behaviors into more acceptable forms. For example, I sometimes want to, punch people in the face 
and I can't be alone in this. I know that I'm not alone in this. I had a patient yesterday and um, I went to see him and I swear it's like the worst uh, fear of everybody who lives in New York, right? So I'm like, well, hey, why, you know, are you on a psychiatric unit? And he's like, oh, a guy bumped into me and I, I beat the shit out of him on the train. And I was like, but you know, you can't do that to people, right? And he was like, I know, but that's how I felt. And I was like, damn, I know you're on the psych ward, but I have been there. Like, <laughs> think if you've ever lived in New York and you've ridden the train before, number one, you fear being attacked by a stranger just for no reason. But you also sometimes be like, I could punch that guy in the face right now. And so in order to not do those things, you might end up being Mike Tyson, right? You may end up not being able to play Mike Tyson punch out on the train, but actually being a boxer in real life. And that's more of a, that's more of an unacceptable impulse that is converted into a societally, Lord, um, acceptable behavior. Okay, so that's what sublimation is. Projection. Projection is what Trump does all the time. I can't use Trump all the time, but projection is basically when you feel something about yourself and you project it on somebody else. I feel like people do use projection more than... um, Denial is a big one. I mean, I wouldn't know about suppression and repression, right? Because people wouldn't talk about things that they're repressing or suppressing. Projection is definitely... A, a huge one and projection means that I feel something that I believe is so unacceptable to me that I accuse you of it and so if your partner accuses you of cheating but they are in fact cheating somebody who has trust issues usually is because they're untrustworthy and so you know, projection is just somebody is, is usually somebody taking their own unacceptable qualities and feelings and giving them to you, you know, and I, I, I feel like I talk about projection a lot in, in my practice because a lot of the times people come in with problems and thoughts and feelings and really what they're saying about the other person are things that I know is true of them, but that they really don't want to acknowledge. Okay. This is my number one defense mechanism, intextualizing. Ooh, what did I say? No, that's not the right word. In, did I say that right? Intellectualizing. That's, that's how you say it. Sorry, guys. Intellectualizing. So I can rationalize almost anything. This is my superpower. And it's a defense mechanism. Instead of thinking of something emotionally that may be stressful to someone else, I can clinically think of it. So I can have a client who's suicidal. I can have someone in my life who is going through a rough time. You know, even the way I think about my father's death, I really just think of it like death is part of life. He you know, lived his life a certain way. He lived his life the way he wanted to live it. His life is no longer, I'm okay. <laughs> and that's, 
that's so weird right it's a weird way to think about it like i can definitely cut off all emotions kind of dissociate um my emotional state from the clinical things that I need to do. So for me, intellectualizing is my superpower. It's it's the only reason that I'm able to do this job easy. It's the, well, I'll say easy because some days are really hard, but it's the only reason that I'm able to do what I do. But it's also, it also makes me be able to be emotionally supportive to other people without like completely falling apart. So I know this is this is my ego defense. Rationalization. Oh, we all do this. Rationalization is just basically making excuses for unacceptable behaviors, right? A lot of people do this. I remember my when I broke up with my son's father and I remember me and this girl went to dinner and it was my birthday too, which really pissed me off. And we were talking about like relationship stuff and she could not quite understand why I didn't want to be with my son's dad anymore and I was like well he doesn't love me at all like he doesn't love me he's not nice to me and she was like yeah but he got a good job and he doesn't beat you and I was like if beating me is the metrics by which happiness like how I judge happiness in a relationship I don't need that like, that's not a thing that I'm, that I'm going to stay for. Yeah, he was a good dude. Yes, he was a hard worker. Yeah. Eh. Wasn't enough for me. I actually wanted to be in love with somebody who loved me back. And it was very simple. Um, no love loss for me. Um, not in that situation. But yeah, like, I think sometimes we, especially black women <clears throat> in relationships, we make excuses for somebody not pulling their weight um i read a good article recently i don't know if it was a good article it was something online where somebody made the argument that a lot of abusive men have given birth to allowing lazy men to live Whereas if you're looking at a guy and you're like, well, he, he's at least not beating you. He's not degrading you. He's not cheating on you. He's, you know, he's just there. He's not so bad. And I don't know. I don't know if that's the standard by which you need to be judging your relationships. Also, rationalization not only prevents anxiety, but it also protects self-esteem and self-concept okay when confronted by success or failure people tend to attribute achievement to their own qualities and skills while failures are blamed on other people or outside forces so regression regression is i have I don't even know how I can use that term. So I have a term for a lot of black men in the New York City area. And I call them second childhood dudes. Dudes isn't the word that I use though. And because a lot of the guys that I know, I guess it would be like a, like a midlife crisis where, you know, classic TV version of a midlife crisis when a guy gets a fast car and he, then he puts a bunch of beige. <laughs> He puts a best bunch of Beijing and just for me in his his hair and he just tries to like 
you know, look all young and stuff just because he's trying to, like, get his old high school glory days back. I don't know, but regression is when somebody just kind of goes back to an earlier time. This happens a lot with children and trauma. Let's say if if there's a child who has been abused in some sort of way or have dealt with some sort of trauma, they may be over the age where peeing the bed is no longer acceptable, but they may find themselves wet in the bed again. And so that would be regression. Um, passive aggression is one. I think we know what passive aggressive, passive aggressive behavior is, right? Passive aggressive behavior is when you say one thing in a, a way that it's not overtly aggressive, but you mean it. Damn it, I don't want to keep using your president, but shoot. I don't know if you guys seen the, the Michael Cohen thing where Trump, instead of saying that he wanted you to do something, I'm sorry, I watch a lot of political TV, so pardon me. Um, instead of saying you want him to do something, he wants you to do something, he would just suggest that it's a good thing that needs to be done. And you're just supposed to get get the ideas like somebody pressing you without pressing you and and, in the hood we I call it picking my mouth right so someone will try to say something to you that would elicit the response that they want from you but without actually overtly telling you I'm aggressive aggressive it's nothing passive about me let me see Okay, I have a good example. So recently I had asked my partner about something that I wanted him to do. And um, there's something going on with a friend and I had asked him something about the situation. And his response to me was, well, do you really want to get involved in that? That was very passive aggressive because what he really meant to say to me was stay the fuck out of that. So the 10th and final uh, defense mechanism that people use is called reaction formation. And I'm going to read this because I I never really got what this whole thing is. But reaction formation reduces anxiety by taking up the opposite feeling, impulse, or behavior. An example of reaction formation would be treating someone you strongly dislike in an excessively friendly manner in order to hide your true feelings Oh, okay. So that's being fake. I don't know why do I have a hard time? I guess because reaction formation is never nothing that I'm going to do. I'm never going to be overly aggressive or overly nice to somebody who doesn't like me. That's just not my way. So why are we talking about ego defenses today? Um, I, You know what? I feel like ego is all around me today. I feel like my superpower is like acknowledging when people are reacting from ego, maybe ego defenses or just like straight up out of acting from the end. I think usually we think about somebody acting as acting out of ego as like, you know, cocky or self-assured or um, self-advocating or being able to stand up for themselves. But that's not really what it is. When I think of ego 
defenses or someone who is acting out of ego. I really kind of see it from either a place where they want a level of respect that they don't believe that the world is giving them. So they act like assholes to get it. Or or that you could see their insecurity showing like a slip. Right. So I will quickly be like, oh, I see a slip showing because I know exactly when I see ego arising in someone when they are putting themselves in a position or a place to be validated in a way that they don't need the world to validate them. And ego will allow you, I'm using the word ego and id interchangeable here. And I think when you think of ego defenses, shout out to all of our MSW students and like social work, uh, mental health professional, psych students that are listening to me. This is just a recap for you guys. If you learned it, if you have it, whatever. But I, I use the ego and the id interchangeably. Because I see a lot of people lately acting from their ego. And it's almost like I see see ghosts. A lot of people want acknowledgement from other people. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I probably won't edit that out because I ain't got time. But a lot of people are acting from a space where they want to be acknowledged from friends, from family, from people. They want to be respected in a, in a way that they don't feel like the other person is giving them, but in a way that they probably feel like they deserve. And if this is you, I think the decision that you need to make is, is this a relationship that I really want to be in? And why do I want their validation so much? Like I told you guys a recent story about the argument that I had with the black supervisor. You know me, I'm using in the air quotes, even though she's actually a supervisor, but whatever. Nobody supervises me nowhere. But, you know, the the manager at um, the consulting job that I do, and because she was just like, I have the same degree as you. I, you know, you guys don't respect me as a supervisor. And I'm like, calm down, chick. Like, maybe I missed the memo. I've never, I've met you once. Slow your roll. Like, what is all of this? Why do you need my validation from you? You're never going to see me again. I'm never going to come to the Christmas party. I may quit this job soon. Like, why do you care what I think about you? And what makes you think that you're better than my assistant or the office assistants or anybody else? Like, what makes you think that if you were the president of a company, I would talk to you any different than I'm talking to you right now? A lot of us are expecting people to respect us in a way that if we just respect ourselves, we don't need their validation. You don't need nobody to co-sign for you. You don't need a guarantor. Your credit is good. You earned those credentials. Like, why you need somebody else to validate you? I never understood why she felt the need to be like, oh, I earned the same degree as you. So, Ian, I don't even know if my assistant has a degree. I hope she got a high school diploma, but she may have a GED. She may not even have that. I don't care. I'm not going to disrespect her. 
my work can't be done if she don't hold me down. I respect the fuck out of her. You think I should treat you any better than I treat the person that I actually need at this job? Because I really need her. I don't even know what you do. And I ain't say that because if I would say that, then she would really feel like I'm disrespectful to her. But I I treat everybody with the same level of respect. Why would I not? A lot of us are looking for credit from somebody who ain't got it. A lot of us are looking for credit for people who got bad credit. That's a word. So as you guys are going back to your hometowns and going back to see around your family and going back to these people that you want to validate you and you want to get an attaboy and you want to get a good job and you want to get somebody that's going to give you credit for all of your hard work and then investments and looking good and staying snatched and keeping your hair done and going to school and keeping your high GPA and getting good credit and buying your first car and buying your first home and taking care of your your business like a grown ass woman ass man whoever ask yourself is what I've done good enough for me is what I've done good enough for God I mean you know not to be religious but I'm religious and let that be good enough Stop reacting from the ego. I recently, I'm in this group and I have a girlfriend and I know she's very introspective and she, she's, she does good. And this woman in the group was like saying stuff about the group and she was, she doesn't, the girl, the one person doesn't feel welcomed. And then we had a whole conversation back and forth and I felt her and I was like, damn, she said several times she don't feel welcome in this group. And my homegirl who's usually like laser focused and introspective and very supportive. She usually be like, yo, if you don't feel welcome, whatever. But the girls was like, yo, I don't feel welcome in this group. And this is how I feel. And this is how I feel about the group. And she did make a blank blanket statement on the group. But then my friend just went in. She was like, oh, she caught, she said this about my group. She calling, she, she's saying this about the group. She's saying this about me. And I'm like, she didn't call your name. She didn't call, she didn't call your name. I don't, I don't feel like what she said is about everybody. I know she used a general term, but she can't be talking about me. She's definitely not talking about you. But it was just like, it's my group and it's, it. she, it, I built this thing and it's me. And I was like, that's ego, sis. Come on, that's your ego. She not disrespecting your group. She's saying that she don't feel welcome. And if somebody don't feel welcome in my house, I might have to sweep around my front door. I might have to look internally within. I might have to ask, did I put out a welcome back for that for that person? Or do I even want them there? Maybe she don't feel welcome and that's by design. But let's be honest about things and not, not, not respond from ego. Let's look introspectively and respond in love and respond in truth. If that's what you mean, if you don't mean to be loving and truthful, then do you too. 
but let's be honest about what we're feeling and how we're operating in the space that we're coming from because that's that's the only thing that we can do in this holiday season so as you're going home and you're winding down and we go into office parties and we're hanging around people that we don't really need to hang around and we go into our offices tomorrow and we serve the community and do the jobs that we have to do and somebody says something to you in a way that you might respond to uh, negatively <laughs> I say mildly and show your behind ask yourself am I responding from a, a space of ego like is this is my response going to be helpful or is this my ego talking because if it's only your ego talking and I'm not I'm not going to lie I'm very good at seeing ego in others. My my goal is to work on seeing the ego in myself. I feel like I had an ego. I had an ego moment this this evening, I will say. My son went out and he was going somewhere and he just walked out of the door. And I literally got up and walked out the door behind him and was like, you're not going to say bye? And he's like, I said bye three times. Now, I don't believe he said bye three times. This is my ego, but I don't care. You don't just walk out of my house and not speak. And if I heard you, I would always acknowledge you. Because I feel like I respect, I, I call my son, sir, when I speak to him. Sometimes I call him other things sometimes too, but I call him, sir. I try to be very respectful when I speak to him. I call him, mister, when I say his name, like, like, yeah, respect me enough to speak to me when you enter my house when you leave my house that's the least you could do you don't pay no bills that was my ego but I'm okay with that (laughs) I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that but as you guys are moving through this week please be mindful of the ego defenses that kick in when somebody is coming for your your neck and you feel like you're being disrespected or you feel like your self-esteem and your self-worth is on the line and somebody is not giving you the credit that you deserve in life like be mindful of how you're moving through the world emotionally throughout this week okay also, I asked you, what would you do? So we have a few more weeks up, a few more weeks to the end of the year. And I really wanted to do a, I keep saying social media episode, but that's not what it is. A reality TV show episode. And so I can't remember what the shows were. I know one was Married to Medicine. One was Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think one was... Uh, not love and hip hop because I don't really watch love and hip hop but maybe it was love and hip hop LA we could definitely do we could do a love and hip hop LA because I love to talk about Lil Fizz and whatever um, um, I know it was five love and marriage Huntsville and the last show was ready to love I don't think it was love and hip hop LA Although we can talk about that. I think it was Black Ink Crew, New York. So, 
uh, want to get that show in before the end of the year. I was supposed to ask you guys if which show you wanted to choose on social media. I didn't ask you which show you were going to choose on social media. I will ask you which show you wanted to choose on social media this week because I'll be back on social media <laughs> this week. Okay, so those are the shows. Tell me which show you want me to do a show on. And I definitely wanted to do Married to Medicine because Jackie was acting up. Okay. Shout out to our listeners from the United States, Canada, UK, South Africa. I'll be coming to see you soon, South Africa. France, Germany, Kenya, Sierra Leone, Jamaica, and Kuwait. Okay. Those are our top 10 countries. We are now international. There are a lot more countries. I don't even speak some of these languages, to be honest with you. Hey, Ghana, Zimbabwe, Turkey, Austria, Belgium, Rwanda. Oh, shout out to you, Israel. Chile, Colombia, Japan, Senegal. We international now, guys. So thank you for for listening and supporting us. If you want to um, support our toy drive, it ends on the 20th, I believe the date is. And so if you want to support our toy drive, please go to target.com registry and type in my first and last name, Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, Banks, and buy a toy for our domestic violence shelter, okay? Oh, whatever toys are not bought, I'm going to buy myself. So save me some money and purchase a toy. Purchase a toy this Christmas for a kid in the domestic shelter, domestic violence shelter here in Brooklyn, okay? Be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your hosts, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I, thanks, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and on the show's website, Black Therapist podcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh, show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com thank you be well